This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Forestieri, here's Hog, Dini! Do not scratch your eyes, do not scratch your eyes, do not scratch your eyes. Hello, and my name is Justin. I'm Carl. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Both of us have been drawn out of the ballot for Tuesday's game. Um, that's quite exciting. I managed to secure my seat last night. Uh, but I understand you went yesterday. I did. I did go yesterday, yeah. Uh, walking back up Vicarage Road was special. It was good. Good to be back. Uh, me and my, my son, Callum. Um, but yeah, no, good to good to be back. Um, not quite the same. There's a few things that... That are happening at the ground that I was a little bit unsure about. Well, but, let's, let's you know, talk it, about the whole thing because obviously uh, some people yeah. haven't been yet, and I'm going Tuesday. Uh, so first of all, is there temperature checks on the way in? No temperature checks. So uh, I was sitting in the Vicarage Road end yesterday, where you're. you're I think you're for That's the where I'm going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I was there. You're greeted by a big bucket of hand sanitizer, which they put. So you have to press a foot pump. Right, and it puts so much in your hands, you can't hold your mobile phone or anything to <laughs> then scan the ticket. So, I, I was I was smearing I was smearing hand sanitizer on my face and coat and nice. everything to try and get rid. Yeah, so okay. that, that was a good start. Yeah, um, but the, the ticket in getting in and everything was was fine. No no problems there. So only two stands open, which is the Rookery and the the Vicarage Road end. Okay. The first thing that took me by surprise is there's no no vendors there at all. There's no hot drinks. There's nowhere to get a drink. Nothing okay. was open. Right. The biggest thing yesterday was it was about two or three degrees. And with the wind chill, it, it felt... You needed a bovril, didn't you? That's what you're getting at here. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was I was struggling. I've been going to football for many years, so I'm, I'm not too bad. Um, but I was cold. It was right. freezing yesterday. Okay. Um, add to that, the football wasn't that great entertaining me. So no. I wasn't... Um, you went jumping I wasn't up and down up and with down. delight. No. But with regard to the actual experience, I mean, you, you get allocated your seats. Um, the masks aren't. You, you're not asked to wear your mask at your seat. So there was a there was a lot of people taking it off. The stewards never 
questioned I anyone. I did notice so that on the hive that there was a lot yeah. of people not wearing masks. So after about sort of 10, 15 minutes, I took my mask off because I was like, well, nobody else is is really bothering. Okay. Uh, the thing that got me the most is you can hear every single person shout something. Right. So if you want to be if you want to be heard, <laughs> you, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to be uh, careful because sometimes I do. You know, it's a bit like yeah. Tourette's at football sometimes, isn't it? You think, yeah, oh, yeah. We shouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I, I had a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of goes. No, it was good. It was good. Um, the you know there's little things like the, there's a lot of stewards about I, I don't know what sort of training these stewards get but when we got there because I wasn't in my normal normal seats I sit in the Vicarage Road end anyway but not where I was yesterday yeah so I asked this guy at the top of says where's my you know where am I going mate where's my seat and he was like uh don't know mate if you walk down the stairs just look at the look at the uh well that's helpful so I, was, I was like okay <laughs> that's, that's helpful, helpful. <laughs> yeah. thanks a okay. lot for that yeah and then we yeah I went to I nipped to the loo and there was a, a as you go around to the toilet there's an in and an out okay so I've gone go to the in and the guy's gone no 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 you can't go that way that's the out and I went yeah, but look at the sign it says in mm-hmm. no that's the out it's wrong oh well why is the sign there then <laughs> can you swap around help, help me out mate <laughs> Dying for a wee here. It's two degrees. I need a wee. <laughs> okay. So, All right. Yeah, so some, there was signage a, there was some signage issues. Some signage issues. Right. Yeah. Couple of signage issues. There was a couple of teething problems, but look, nothing, nothing too, too dramatic. Um, but, but overall, I, yeah, it's really, really, really good to be back at the Vic. That was the main thing. So I was watching it on the Hive, and I heard the announcement go out just before the end. You're reminded to stay in your seats for half an hour after the match. Yes. Did that. Were you now, told that, that before happened. you went in? Were you or? No, ask me if it happened as well. Did everybody stay in their seats until no. half an hour? <laughs> I don't they know what that's all and about. And, I can't... No, and no, no stewards stopped us. Nothing. I mean, we were quite close to an exit anyway. Right. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But uh, a couple of people started. I mean, there was people leaving early. Yeah. Um, which, I want to I want to touch on this actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we can. I mean, because it, it, it came up on social media yesterday, and I was like a bit. Well, hang on a minute. There's a few reasons to why that probably happened. I think. Well, I think it should happen at any game, and this is why. Um, I would do this if I went to the cinema and I wasn't enjoying the film. If I went to a gig and I wasn't enjoying the music. If I went to see a play and I wasn't enjoying the play. Same thing with football. If I'm not enjoying the football, I'm going home, and that's it. There's no point sitting there making yourself miserable. You know what's? I mean, you know there are freak results, but you can tell the pattern of play you can tell by the way the players are playing you can tell by the score at any time you can always think there's no way out of this now it's there's 15 minutes to go do you know what i'm just going to go home and there were some some comments which were you know i would have given my right arm to be there today and people that left early don't deserve to go yes they do they paid their money yeah, they they're paid their en- money they're not enjoying it yeah. let them go home i don't yeah, yeah. bother me at no, all I agree. And I, I, I have walked out of games on 70 Minutes before because I just thought I could be warm at home doing something else rather than making myself miserable watching this game that I'm not enjoying. I left uh, Anfield just after, I think it was just after half-time one, one time because we were we were getting <laughs> dropped 5-0. That's a long yeah, way to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Go and four, I left. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't sit <laughs> here and watch this. What's the point? It's, what is the point? So, you're just yeah, making I mean, yourself look, miserable. You're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're bang on the money with that. I mean, if, uh, you know, people want to leave early that's their prerogative they've paid their money they can they can do what they want it isn't for anybody to, no. to ask the reasons why now just to, to to clarify a couple of things bearing in mind it was a freezing cold day yep there was nowhere to get a hot drink there was kids you know and and so yeah. forth grown adults who were freezing out there yeah the football was yes let's let's not let's not beat, beat around the bush <laughs> yes so and add to that the messages about le- that you're going to have to stay 
for a period of time after the game, yeah. people thought, stuff that, yeah. I'm going to go before the final whistle. Yeah, as you so, would. But, you know, as it as it happened, in my experience, I don't know what anybody else experienced, we never got kept behind. The stewards didn't have a clue. They were like, uh, mm. just looking around at each other. So mm. we, we left. There, there was no, um, there was 2,000 people at the end of the day. There wasn't a, a huge push for one exit. All the exits were open. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were squashed going down one, yeah. you know, one gangway. The usual match day experience, yeah. Yeah, and then out on Vicarage Road, there was plenty of space there. There was no, there was no issues or, or anything like that. I know they're trying to be cautious and, and make the match day experience the best it can be, but um, common sense also needs to play a part in, in getting through this virus as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to going on Tuesday. I haven't been since the Liverpool games, as, as indeed most people haven't. So really looking forward to that. Um, I, was, well, I was quite amazed when I got the email saying, oh, you've been pulled out of the ballot. I was like, oh, great. And then you were as well. So that's, you know, that's yep. great. Listen! Luther Blissett is here. Good evening, Luther. How are you? Good evening and welcome. Very good. We've got a couple of games to talk about. I can't imagine that we're going to be talking particularly positively about them, but what are your thoughts on, first of all, the game against Nottingham Forest? Biggest thing in the Nottingham Forest game that caught my attention, if you look at the game and start at the end, right? we left with a point. Had we been playing a team that had more confidence... And more belief because they've gone, what is it, two, three games without, you know, and got beaten all of them prior to us going there. Yep. It could have been a different story. They just seem to lack just that little bit of belief that probably would have created one of the chances they would have would have taken. But they looked far more a complete unit than we did. And mm. that disappointed me. I, I think we just looked lost in that final third. We just do all the hard work to get there. And then there's just nothing. Just like, well, where, where, where do we go now? Here's a question for you. Do you think... After the Preston North End game, where the managers come out and said, Troy's such a leader, he's this, he's that and whatever. And let's not forget, Troy was the same leader that we got relegated with. But since that Preston game, have we decided we want to play more to suit Troy Deeney rather than play to suit the other players on the pitch? Because Pedro has had less and less an influence on games. Saar, pretty much the same. And I think you've got to look at that when you're playing at the front. And are they looking to play more to Troy's strengths rather than to the strength of the players that ultimately have got more longevity at the club or are likely to surprise the opposition with the things that they do because both of those players are capable of that. I think the, the, the thing that I noticed, especially with João Pedro and Troy playing together, they always seem quite far apart. They never, they, they don't seem close enough. So if you're going to play to Troy's strengths, the idea is, correct me if I'm wrong, but Troy knock the ball down or, or hold the ball up, a runner goes off off from Troy. And, and João Pedro is so far away from Troy, it's never going to work. And Troy, with the greatest respect, to him isn't in my opinion isn't the player he was sort of two three years ago so he's not holding the ball up very well um and in both games so we're going to get onto the cardiff game but in the cardiff game he got battered those center backs destroyed him it was and the, it was quite interesting because his, his piece that he put in the um the talk sport and in the sun was saying that you know they came physical and they knew they came with it well you know they came knowing what they wanted to do let's be honest we all know what the opposition want to do when they come to your place you know they want to make sure they don't concede make you not play the way you'd like to play and pull the game out from under if they're able to do it mm-hmm. that has never changed as long as i can remember Luke, can i ask you a question who under all the managers you've played under who, who was the most sort of defensive 
sound manager that who who would go out and if you have actually had any that would actually set the team up to be tough to concede goals rather than attacking. I think the only place I could do it was when I was in Italy. It would be the but that was the Italian culture. They played and it was a case we don't give anything away and if we get a nil nil we we would go home with that. Graham's attitude was we've got a back four. Centre half jobs was to defend and so was the fullbacks and the fullbacks if you had the opportunity to come forward and join in and help as we went forward then that's what you do but mm. your first job is what's written on the tin if you're a defender you defend and you do not let anybody go by you don't let them get crosses in you make sure that they you turn them around and they go backwards that's what your job's got to be so that was Graham's attitude on the other side was when we get the ball we hurt them we make them have to turn we make them have to get deeper and deeper near their box that gives us the space then to really run the their half of the pitch and do what we want and that's how yeah. we, we went out playing games. And you look at um, other managers that I've been on, and I'm thinking, no, that would... No, you know. Nobody that was really that sort of defensive-minded. Because I've got to be honest, and again, I don't want to um, link both games together because we're talking about both games, but the managers in the last two games, he's worried me. You know, the, the, the way yeah, he set up. I hear you say not link the two games together. You've, you've, you've got to link the games together because potentially we could have lost at Nottingham Forest. Mm. And did get beat at home and didn't really look as if we were going to open them up to score that goal. Yeah, and yeah. that, I think, is the most disappointing thing. Our creativity that we have, and we've spoken about it before, has not been particularly good. And you cannot see that changing in the manner that we're looking to play. I look, and, and again, I think you look at the structure of what the team is. When you have the ball, how is your team set up? Where are your players? So... You have those links and you said about Jao Pedro and Troy being a long way away from each other. If you're going to play that way and if he's play, Pedro's playing out on the left-hand side, Sars playing out on the right-hand side and Troy up the middle, then the support has got to come from midfield very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And those midfield players cannot be too often looking to go beyond the ball. They've got to be there always so they can retain possession, bounce it off the front man to look to get somebody in. And then you can get your fullbacks joining in as well. At the moment, I don't really see the structure of what we have. There doesn't seem to be a plan that all the players know about yeah. or are working to, to get an end result. I can't quite work out what it is that he's actually saying to them as a game plan. It seems to be very, very negative. Yeah, well, well, again, if you're, if you're going to win a game, if you're thinking we're going to hang on and go for a nil-nil or go for a one-nil, you have to some way have... Uh, have a plan of how you're going to get that goal. Whether you do it from getting set pieces and do it that way, mm. because teams in the past used to do that and teams still do that now. Mm. If you play to get set pieces in that final third of the pitch, knowing that you have the players and delivery, so you probably can nick a goal from that way when, when you haven't really been in the game. But we don't, at the moment, it's that whole saying, and it's a terrible saying, but it's so true. You know, you're falling between the two stools at the moment, the way Watford are playing. Yeah. Because we aren't, we aren't, we're not solid at the back, okay? We give, at the moment, we're giving stuff away at the moment at the back, mm. opportunity away. And at the front, we're not creating enough. And more to the point, we're not getting the shots, efforts and goal enough that would warrant you getting set pieces or the opportunities to get rebounds or whatever in the box. No, I agree. Uh, if we look at the uh, the Preston game as a one-off game, um, a game that we largely dominated and we had a fantastic scoreline at the end of it. Um, but if you look at the previous two home games, they were 3-2 wins. Uh, both of those with a late penalty to decide the winning factor in that. Then we've got sort of the QPR game 1-1, Bristol City 
nil-nil. I'm thinking that that Preston game was a bit of a freak result. It's a bit really. of a, it is. It is that anomaly. Anomaly between the way we've been playing and and one thing I've always said: you cannot get carried away. Not at this stage of the season, with the results aren't going well. Mm. Or if they, you know, you get if you get a great result, you cannot get overboard about it because at this moment in time, we have not built up build up a head of steam that enables us to go into games with that real belief that we're just gonna if we have to, we grind the opposition down mm. and then we bury them in the last 10, 15 minutes or whatever of the game. Yeah, we are not a team that can do that. Well, that's that's really horrible to hear. I've got to be honest. <laughs> well, it <laughs> it's is. really depressing to hear that, but it's true. I mean, the the, the Cardiff game was testament to that wasn't it you know they they came there to do a job and they they absolutely achieved it but what but what they did what they did very well they because there's been a lot of talk about what they've been you know have a physical presence on the pitch now and they're very strong and whatever Cardiff having played in the Premier League against what for the previous season before that I should say they knew what they were up against they knew what was coming their way all the players did they knew the physical side and they, they don't shirk the physical side no team in this division we shirk the physical side of the game mm. because we haven't got the team which is they've got all that flair in it that they, you know they can do all the tricks and flicks and all that kind of stuff and tear you to pieces. We don't have that in the in the in the in the, um, in the championship. We have teams that work hard, have a methodology about the way they play, and they stick to it, and that is how they get their results. Our methodology at the moment is not one that is bearing fruit when we go forward. We're looking a bit soft at the back at the moment because the opposition can get into us, whether it's down the left or down the right at this moment in time. Whereas earlier on, you look at um, Ngakia and he looked a good player. He looked solid. He looked very good, yeah. didn't he? And he yeah, he did. When he was out and Caesar's been back, he's not been that player again. No. We're playing a right foot on the other side when Firmino's playing or whatever. And you, you just we just seem to be lacking something. And I think that's where the belief comes from, being very strong at the back. I mean, you've got balance. So that when you go forward, you go for that belief that then the strikers and, and the forward, more forward players will then do something to create chances for you. For me, it was the, it was the manner in which we lost. And, and I know it was only 1-0, and I'm not saying we got hammered or, or anything like that, but it, there, there was just no belief in anyone that I was sitting in and around or, or that you could see on the pitch that we were going to get, ever get back in that game. And then the, the manager pulled some substitutions out of the bag like he was playing championship manager on his PC. It was like <laughs> Queener was at left-back for one point. I was like, what, what, what on earth's going on here? And even Queener was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, what do I do? Yeah. So it's that kind of it's that those performances that worry me, and that's why I said to you, Justin, I said that game. I've come out of Vicarage Road going, he's gone because he really did not look like he had a clue. And I and I'm not one of these people that are are on the case and the manager going, get him out, get him out, because I don't believe in that. I think you got to get behind the team. But yeah, he really did worry me coming out of that game because he just did not look like he had a clue on how tactically to get out of that situation. Yeah, I think that I think they've they've got themselves in a position at this moment in time that I don't think they know what the solution could be. I don't think they have like and they don't have they don't have that player that is in such good form that they could say, look, if we adopt our game now and say use this Bellamore, that might free up somebody somewhere else mm. that we can then get hold of the opposition. I don't think we've done that either. No. Yeah. The, mid- yeah. the midfield does not look right at all. Well, we said that last time, didn't we? We we spoke quite in depth about the midfield, and and again on Saturday, going back to that game where it was just side to side, it, there was just no penetration anywhere on the field, and it, it it 
I mean, the, the one player that I, I thought pulled some positive out of the game was Queener. I thought Queener was making some runs, and even Ben Wilmot from from his position, yeah. where he he was he was bombing forward, and then he got to, he got taken off, and I, I thought, well, there's no there's nobody there now because we 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 almost went defensive to sort of say, oh, okay, it's one nil, we'll take it. it yeah, weird, a bit odd. I think it's going to take going to take someone in that team to find an inspiration from somewhere to either create some golden chances mm. or to actually do it himself by scoring the goals. I think that's the, yeah. I can see that's probably the only way we're going to get ourselves out of this little patch or seam patch we're in at the time because there is no, you know, the Hornet has lost its buzz. Yeah. Right? Mm. At the moment, it's yeah, buzz at the moment, you know. Great comment. You really are struggling to see how and who will be the one to come back and bring it back. Well, I just we did have a slight change of um, formation in the Bristol City game. This three-five-two that he, well, this five-five-three-two yeah. that he wants to sort of adopt more often than not. Just you know, Ken Semmer for me. There's so many players that I could pick out of that formation that aren't in the correct formation. And Ken Semmer was a, was one. He, he got forward maybe two or three times, got into the box, didn't really do much with on it. That one ten early on in the season was our main provider of opportunities, wasn't he? Yeah, from set pieces, or he did it himself by getting balls in the box. But I couldn't. He he kept drifting back so fast back towards the defence, where yeah, I just wanted him to run on. Just run, Ken, run. But that's, his, but that's the structure of what he wants. He wants you. But once you don't have the ball, he wants you back in and make you nice and solid, which mm. is fine. But if you do that all the time and you're not sometimes. I mean, we, we'd often refer to it as almost cheating from time to time. So you don't come all the way back in, you know, every time. You just find that little position, which makes it difficult for the opposition. So that person becomes your get-out ball. And it's not really cheating. It's just being clever with your positioning of where of where you are. I don't think we've got anybody in the team that can think creatively in that way to go, I tell you what, if I just put myself into this position, I can, you know, I can maybe cause a few problems. And then the other players recognise that. Mm. and work off that, that position. Where yeah. That yeah. We're going to need to find that soon, Luther. Very soon. Yeah, it's been it's been disappointing and um you know to get beat at home 1-0 in a game that if you're not going to if you're not going to win it, what you don't do, you don't lose that game. And um, I thought we were we were not great defending that set piece when the ball fell to um to him and, he, and he smacked it in. Mm. We weren't defending that very well. Second balls, isn't it? It's all, all about the second ball. Well, the yeah, thing is um, Wilmot challenged him for the ball, but he ended up been spun around and was completely facing the wrong way. Had to readjust to see where the ball was. And by the time he was readjusting, he was about to strike the ball and you ain't going to stop it then. So you need to be, I think we need to be better on set pieces so we keep our bodies between the goal and uh, and the opposition. At the moment, I think we've been caught where we're just ahead of them or, you know, we're not in a position. So if the ball does break kindly for them, we're not in a position where we can stop it. Do not scratch your eyes! And we will hear more from Luther Blissett later on in the podcast. So one of the questions we put out was your five favourite Watford players of all time. That's quite a difficult thing to uh, boil down, I think. How did you cope with that? It's a tricky one, isn't it, to to come up with your, your all-time five. I mean, for me, I, I had to pick them based on managers that we had at the time and the scenarios that we were in at the time. Sort of players that did a job for us at a particular time. That's the way I went about it. So that was your that was your criteria. I just thought... I kind of went with who I thought was probably the most entertaining. <laughs> no, I went, okay. I, went, I went a little bit more deep and thoughtful oh, on it. Okay, okay. So, I mean, there was obviously there was a few also-rans 
John Joe O'Toole, Devon White. No, I'm only joking. They weren't really in John there. John Joe O'Toole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. They, they weren't in there at all. So what do you want to do? Do you want to do your five, I do mine, or do you want to do one at a time? It'd be interesting to see if we overlap, actually. I yeah, go on. I'll, 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 give you five, I'll give you my five. So all in right. no particular order, okay. um, I've got Ben Foster. Yes. Obviously coming from the, the loan point of view and currently. Yep. Um, Alman Abdi. Alman Abdi. Okay, yeah. Alman Abdi. Loved Alman. Thought he, he was a midfield general, scored goals, free kicks. Yeah. You know, all, all sorts. General all-rounder. Yeah. Um, Cassetti. I really did like um, Cassetti. I thought he was um, he was fantastic. I've then got Troy Deeney. Yes. Captain. You know, he's 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 up there. Yeah. Um, and then I've gone for the... the the fifth one, which is a, is going to put everybody at a, a little bit of a loss, but I'll, I'll explain it in a bit more detail. I've gone for Marlon King. Do you know what? He popped up in my thoughts, Marlon King, actually. Yeah, now, and Marlon King was one of those players. He just scored goals when we needed it, and he was one of the signings when he came in. Nobody was really sure what we were going to get. He was a bit of a bad boy, had a bit of a reputation. Come in and did a really, really good job overall, I thought, for us. Yep. Um, I, I know when he left, he left in a, a, a bit of a cloud, but as as a player... Um, I thought he was fantastic. That forward two, him with Henderson, is what we yeah. could really do with now. That, Absolutely. That, that pairing yeah. up front, they both knew where the other one was going to be at all times, mm. and they just used to tear defences apart. Marlon King Na- was great. Natural I'm, goal scorer, isn't yeah, he? That's, yeah, That's how Absolutely. I always sort of remember him. So, okay, well, I think we, we actually agree on one. I've gone for Troy Deeney, because, yeah. I mean, the guy's just a legend, um, and I feel lucky to have seen him play he's going to be one of those players that in maybe 50 years time they will refer to the Deeney period and you know he'll always be remembered and I just feel really lucky to have seen him play I did see Luther Blissett play but maybe only a couple of seasons same thing with John Barnes yeah maybe got two seasons of seeing John Barnes I was very young probably didn't really appreciate what they brought to the team at the time um so Troy Deeney is uh definitely one of my choices um, I've also gone for Heider Helgerson. Um, yeah, okay. When he was brought in, we were looking desperate uh, up front in that uh, first Premiership campaign. Um, and I think he scored in his debut against Liverpool, didn't he? Heider Helgerson, I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Um, I just think he was a great player. He always looked as if he wanted to play, didn't look as if he was ever you know, not trying. So I, I included Heider Helgerson in there. I've also got in there Alan Nielsen. I used to okay. love the runs he used to make from midfield. I thought he was just a great player to watch. Very he, entertaining. He came in at a weird time, though, didn't he? He came in with those those players where... trying to think who signed him. Was it Beyond? I think it was Taylor. I think it was Taylor that signed oh, him. Oh, was it Taylor, was it? And Espen Barton at the same time. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Because Espen Barton never really worked out. No, he didn't and, really and work I always out. Can't, yeah, but no, he was, a, he was a good player, definitely. Yeah, I really liked watching Alan Nielsen play. I've also gone for Ashley Young. Because he always looked like he was going to... Well, it's controversial, but he always looked like he was going to be a top player. Uh, I remember seeing him on his debut. I remember the uh, the campaign where we went up in 2005-2006. Him and Matthew Spring uh, and Gavin Marn just bossed that midfield. It was just, you know, great football to watch. Um, but it was always obvious that Ashley Young was going to go on to be, you know, a, a world-class footballer. Um, and it's great that he started at Watford. Um, so, yeah. And my final choice would be Richard Johnson. I just used to love the Johnny. enthusiasm yeah. that he gave to a, a game. He was just 
brilliant to watch. His long-range efforts that scored some weldies, sometimes didn't he? went in. Yeah, he did. I remember I went to Old Trafford. We lost four-one, but the one was Jono whacking Jono, one from yeah. outside the box. Is they? Am I right? In saying, I think I watched that game at Vicarage Road. I think they showed that game live. You might be at, right, actually. At Vicarage Road, you might be right. We were we were wearing a white kit. I, I vaguely remember going to Vicarage Road to watch us against Man United. Now that I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, but I definitely, that's the one and only occasion I've been to Old Trafford, Someone actually. comment on Facebook or Twitter and yeah. let us know if I'm right on that. I'm sure I am. You might be right. We did do that, didn't we, in that campaign? We did start showing games yeah. at Vicarage Road. Big thing then when we were in the Premier League or at one season. But. Yeah, well, that was fairly early on as well, I think. I got a feeling that was kind of November time. So it was not mm. that long into the whole campaign. But yeah, so Richard Johnson, I just loved Jono. I thought he was fantastic. I just thought he was a great player. And I've met him a couple of times since, and he just, just comes across as a really nice guy. So that's my five. Have you got some of the uh, comments? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite interesting, because you've got, obviously, people from different eras, and you can tell... You can tell how long they... someone's been going, because I'm going, uh, I'm not sure who that is. Yeah. Like, who? <laughs> some yeah. of them are like, hmm? So obviously yes, I've heard so of like, players like Stuart Scullion, but I couldn't tell you where he played when. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just before my time. So uh, there's a guy called John, um, John Rullia, has, has put, I'm going with players I've actually seen play for us. Yep. So sorry, Luther and Barnsley. And that's my, I, to same be honest thing. with you, that's the same thing. I can't pick somebody I haven't really seen. I saw Luther um, when he came back the, the, the second time. So he, he's gone for, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm not not too sure, John. Fair play. I mean, you've obviously got reasons for him. Tommy Mooney, yeah, completely get that. Yeah, get that. He, he I did think about him. Troy Deeney, as we've we've already discussed. Yep. Robbo, Paul Robinson. Yeah. Now, Paul Robinson just missed out. If I had a sub bench for my five, yeah, Robbo would definitely hard be on it. as nails. That bloke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Love, love Robbo. Yeah. Um, John Eustace. Yeah, kind of get it, kind of get it, but not too sure on that one. But no. but this one, Ma- Manuel Almunia. Now I know I know what he d- he saved that penalty. Yeah. But you know, barring that, it wasn't exactly. Uh... Well, I think for that double save, let's let, if you look at that whole. I mean, how many times have we watched that clip? Yeah, I don't think it was yeah, a particularly yeah. good penalty because he sort of fell onto it. <laughs> Yeah, he, <laughs> he did, and then he and then he sort of fell fell back onto yeah. the, the other side. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like, like a drunk trying to get up. It was exactly, pavement, yeah, it? it was that. Yeah, someone in the cold but trying to get up on the pavement. He's kind of let, John's left us a couple of players down here who he's left out, but I actually think would be in. Mm. Um, Helgerson, yeah, Vidra, 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 yeah. I'd love to get Vidra back this season. Yeah, do you know his Let's goal in that in that Leicester game is always overlooked. The one from over his shoulder. It's always <laughs> overlooked. Yeah, he hooked it from over his shoulder, didn't he? Fantastic goal thing. that was. That was right, right in front of me, that was. How oh, was it? At the uh, Vicarage Road end, yeah, it was a beautiful Well, goal, I was right was. in line with Troy when he whacked it in at the other end in the lower ground Taylor. So we both had great views of the goal. Great views of that, Fantastic. yeah. Uh, who else he gone for? Angela. Okay. okay, yeah. Foster, Danny Graham, Alman Abdi, yeah. Pereira, no, not for me. Cassetti, definitely. Micah Hyde. Um, he's put Jono as well so yeah, yeah. Some, some love for Jono that's good so Neil Gibbons has gone for Blissett he's obviously sick and he's put goal scorer absolutely yeah. Setti. Yeah. yeah well done I've gone with him Tony Coton absolutely yeah. um, Cali yeah. uh, and he's gone for Deeney as well so that's okay. a vibe. Well, he's obviously been going since the sort of late 70s early 80s because uh, you know Cali if you saw Cali play I think he left in 86 somewhere around there think probably yeah. Nigel Callahan, so yeah, yeah. eighty seven. So I think I got one season of watching Cali. He was very exciting to watch, you know, running up the yeah, uh, the wing. 
fantastic. Yeah. Um, and obviously very, very uh, noticeable on Facebook nowadays, doing his uh, DJ sets. He is, yeah. Andrew Argy has put, and I, I assume he's um, similar age to me, because he's actually pretty much gone with mine. So Ben Foster, Alman Abdi, Cassetti, Troy Deeney, and he's gone for Danny Graham. Deb Toms, I know Deb, she's put uh, Luther Blissett, Troy Deeney, Maps. Yeah, Maps. Maps, okay. yeah. yeah. Definitely Foster. Yep. And she's gone for another goalkeeper as well, Gomez. Yeah. I love Gomez. He was a great goalkeeper. He was. He was. He was good. And then the last one on here is Jason, who I, I know has been going to the games since the 70s. So Blissett, Barnes, you know, fortunate enough to see players like that. John Barnes, Lee for Blissett, lucky mm-hmm. man. Alman Abdi, Cassetti and Tony Cote. There you go. It's very hard to whittle down to five, and it's even harder yeah. to whittle down to one. If you've got to go, you know, your all-time favourite player, it's going to be, oh, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, don't I don't know if I could do that, I've got to be honest. No, I mean, I suppose if I was pushed, it would have to be someone like Troy Deeney, just simply mm. because he is uh, he has given his all for the club. I mean, you know, we can talk about where he is now, um, but certainly in the ten years he's been with us, he's given his all. He doesn't owe us anything. We bought him for something ridiculous like half a million quid. We've certainly got more than half a million quid's worth of value out of him. So yeah, it would probably be either Troy or Jono. Maybe just just Jono just entertained me. I used to love watching him play. I just thought he was great. But yeah, I, if you ask me my certain positions, my favourite player, could I build a an 11 out of my all-time Oh, then? no, we must save that, actually. I think yeah, we can we'll save, save that, that for a rainy day. Because I think, I think that one's another good one we could do, actually. Yeah, let's save that. Fantastic idea. Do not scratch your eyes! Returning to you, Luther, what do you make of players taking the knee for Black Lives Matter and the response of the Millwall fans this week? Um, in the beginning, when this all started, when everybody went back, to playing football at the, um, you know, when they restarted. I would have been, yes, fine. Take the knee with everybody and say, because why? I think it's a real injustice. What happened to George Floyd was wrong. And it's a way of highlighting to say, we support his family, we support everybody, and this should never happen again. Um, as it went on, and then other things started flaring up, and you thought Black Lives Matter came out, and you realise there's something more to this. It's not only about what we're doing here. Then my thing was to, no, I no longer would do that. We have gone away from the point of taking the knee was to say, this man died in an unjust way and there's been no justice and something needs to be done. And and that was my thing. And I think people probably misunderstood what I was saying because of me not making it clear. Yes, I support but I only support the actual taking the knee to highlight what happened to George Floyd, not anything else. Them being a political party is definitely nothing that I want to be a part of and I think Premier League and so many others now realise that they shouldn't be shouldn't yeah. be supporting in that way but the actual sentiment of Black Lives Matter I agree with but it matters no more or less than any other life regarding of what colour culture creed or whatever you are yeah no that's listen that's that's an amazing thing what you you know what you've just said obviously being a, a, a black man yourself and the, the the point's been lost i think and i mean that's what you're you know what you're saying well, that is even a better way to do it it's been blurred yeah. because of what's happened with the political side and everything yeah. outside what they're doing and it actually blurred now what's going on and that's why a lot of people and the fans are against players continuing to do so because it is mm. blurred and nobody has come out and explained it to everybody and say look we players are doing it because of this, and it has nothing. And as if that players will come out and say, this has got nothing to do with that political party, Black Lives Matter. We're doing this because of what happened there, and that prompted, that George Floyd incident prompted all of us to do this, and we support yeah. that to the hilt. Yeah. I think some players would have come out and actually say and explain that. I think the fans would be far more understanding when players, and then if they then continue to do that, 
Yeah. I would say fine because there is no mixed message. Because they've put they've put it out there to say this is the reason we're doing it, and it and it it, it puts clarity on the whole situation, it does. doesn't it? I mean, Do, that's you know. the... Do you at the moment? I think the there are certain elements that use that blurred lines now that there is for their own agenda, and it's a political reason why they're doing it. And I'm sure. 99% of all the players would not want anything to do with that. Do you think that players go along with it, though, because they're too afraid not to go along with it, because if they don't go along with it, they're going to be labelled as racist? Well, that is the other thing. The whole thing about free country, which we tell us we've got free speech, is for you to voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. Your opinion is not may not be the right opinion, but you have the right to speak it. Yeah. And if you say something, then what you have to do is justify what you said. That is what you do. No one should be denied that. And they should not be trolled and decried on social media because that seems to be the biggest place where this happens. It stops people coming out and saying what they mean. A simpler way to do it is, I'm going to mention that lot down the road, Town. Mm-hmm. They have their supporters who are just as passionate about their club all of you ask about ours. We've got no right to say to them, you should not be supporting them the way you do. We can't because we support our club and you've got to, you have to respect them for that. And it's no different with with, with Black Lives Matter and all the various other things that are going on. Mm. If that's something, you respect it. But in this instance, they need to come out and say, I think, where they stand. Because at the moment in time, we keep taking the knee, as they keep calling it, but that's just kneeling down. What's the outcome of it? It's been going on now since June, July. What have we seen? We've seen the BBC start to make changes. We've seen Sky start to make changes to have more people of colour involved. What is our football club doing on that? Okay, what is our football club? You look, apart from on the pitch and guys that wear the Ivy's jackets on a match day, how many people of colour do you see in the management structure of Watford Football Club or in any other football club. That is where clubs need to and should be making change. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you sack people. I'm saying what you do is you make sure that it's advertised and you interview people of colour from different backgrounds to come into your organisation because that reflects society, that reflects your team that walks out onto that pitch on a Saturday, on a Tuesday, whatever day it is, mm-hmm. to play for you. It brings in money. It brings a, They do that and the club needs to have that reflection within the structure of their management system. Mm. It's, it's an educational thing, definitely. I think. I think it's the, right. for, you know throughout through Premier League, right down, right through to the to the non leagues. It's grassroots all the way down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a case of and and more needs to be done. You know, going back to the point of racism and, and that word, more needs to be done about education for for fans, for for everyone, for anybody, any from any culture about doesn't matter where you come from we're all in the same boat we're all destined for the same thing doesn't yeah. matter about skin color and religion and and, and stuff mm. like that and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with you i don't care who's black white asian i don't care as long as you exactly. do a job and you do it to your best of your ability whether it be football or whatever it, in your lives that's great it, that's it all doesn't never ask of anyone you know we always say go and you you say to your kids do your best always do your best and that's all you ever want to see people do doing their best absolutely well, I, I think and i want to say this i think it's a, it's really credible that we've we've discussed this and we're, we're not afraid to talk about this sort of thing and, and you know and again you've hit the nail on the head with that you know yeah. we should not be afraid to do it and the problem is if you say if you said some of the things i've just said to mm. supporters somewhere whether it be what football or whatever and they are on the opposite side of that yeah they'd want to argue about it and not not discuss it they'd want to argue and you know and that's not the way you do it you have to have that dialogue 
Mm. So you can see where that person is coming from. And if they can then give you a good account of why they think that way, you get a better understanding of them. Yeah, of course. Of you, because you've had a conversation. You now know more about them than about you. And mm. you don't have to like what they like. You don't have to like it, but you have that understanding and that respect. You're entitled to your opinion, but don't be, because you've got an opinion, need, think you need to shut me down because your opinion is the only one that counts. Well, I think it was, uh, I don't want to quote Voltaire, but I'm pretty sure it was Voltaire that said, you know, I might not like what you say, but I defend to the the, the nth degree your right to say it. Yeah. Um, and I think, unfortunately, that's going out a little bit now. You, you, you can't really say how you feel because, like you say, social media and everything else, you're shut down, you're cancelled, you're you know, whatever it is. And so I think there's a towing the line that people will go along with just for a bit of a quieter life, really. Yeah, but what can we, but what can we Justin, what can we do about it as individuals? What you can do is talk to people about these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you talk to somebody about the topic, that person talks to somebody else. Now that's three of you. They speak to somebody. It's no different to what I did when I was at, um, working at schools on racism project. Talk to the kids about it. Those kids hopefully talk to other kids mm. and it gets around that way. Education. Mm. Yes. Parents ultimately may not like what the kids come home and ask the questions they ask, but it may get the parent thinking, maybe I have got this little bit wrong, if, you know, and this, this little one of mine maybe has got a better understanding of this mm. than I have. But, a, but yeah. a blanket shutting down of people just because they don't have the same opinion as you is never really going to have that, is it? It's never going no, to make and, that and work. So, so you're right, though, that social media is guilty for that. It, it is, is guilty for that. Twi- Twitter and all sorts is guilty for that. As soon as a, a, an opinion that comes across is different to somebody else's or whatever, it's shut it down. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's not necessarily the right thing. That's right. And it's quite interesting because sometimes if you say to these people, look, I'll have a conversation with you about it or whatever, and they'll go, no, I don't want to talk to you. It's like, I'm sorry, you're very being very ignorant in this case. Yeah, yeah. Not having that conversation, or is it because you're just saying it to be antagonistic rather than be able to back up what you say? Do you feel, Luther, that racism is less prevalent now than it was in the 70s and 80s? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've heard I've heard players, you know, say they have it far tougher than we did back then. No, I'm sorry, you don't. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> no, because, I can remember some of the horrible things yeah, that were going around in those days. Absolutely, because you know they can they can go any anywhere and pretty much do anything they want now as professional footballers that was not the case back then right now regardless of what you you know if somebody decided they didn't like you because of the color of your skin and you're going they'd say no sorry you can't go right i mean i I may be being a bit judgmental here but i I assume your time in italy would have been with the greatest respect to the any italians i'm not pigeonholing you anyone but it it was it's still a problem there now you know it was difficult at times but you know, people are shouting things at you and it's what you need to do is that's where your selective hearing comes in when you're when you're playing mm. you've listened to your fans and the positive things because you feed off the positive energy that they're giving you the, the ones that are shouting all that for you yeah you take that but you take the things out of that to make you to raise your performance level again you yeah. use that as a motivation yeah. when you're on the pitch and that's something i learned from the age of what 17 18 when i started playing you know you mm. get this sort of nonsense the first time it ever happened I would have been 15, almost 16, and we played a game on the other side of London in a school game. The nonsense we got from the kids and the boys we were playing against was ridiculous. We, were, we drew the game, and then they had to come to our school for the second game. And our game, I remember the words we said to them was, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> because you Kick can imagine, by, yeah, yeah. by then, the, the entire school knows about it. Yeah. And when yeah. the game did come around, we, the game picked up at three o'clock. We didn't get out of school until sort of half past three, quarter, four. By the game was sort of 10, 15 minutes old. 
you know, they started gathering all around the pitch. Because <laughs> 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 we went on, we went on, and we beat them about three 0 or something like that, quite easy. And then, oh, good. Know, <laughs> and now I'm I think you guys need to get out of here very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right, yeah. Do not scratch your eyes! Luther, thank you very much once again for giving us uh, some of your time. It's been lovely talking to you. It's my pleasure. Have a good evening. Thank you too. God bless. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Carl. Cheers. Very excitingly, um, who's going to claim the uh my magazine, i'm sorry <laughs> i got there i got you, there first you got there first uh, when did you send your first message because <laughs> i'm telling about you about it his first uh, to be honest his first message was about three weeks ago and he didn't reply oh, and then he replied to me right um i've got i've got evidence right on the phone all right i've well, my evidence is i i actually sent the first message on 25th of november so you probably win you I probably win, win. okay so our next ex player to come and talk to us on the do not scratch your eyes podcast is nicky right 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 fantastic absolutely fantastic yes nick wright will be here if you have any questions for nick please do comment under our post on the facebook page uh and on Inst- have you put it on instagram yet carl so on Instagram, yeah, it's okay. all over there. So, yeah, yeah just so comment on our social media. Any questions you've got for Nick Wright, we will be talking to him next week. And if you would like to uh, follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are on Instagram. And we will be back again next week. Believe it or not, this is podcast number seven, Carl. I know. Quick, Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Let's fly by, yeah. So we'll have another couple of games to talk about uh, next time we're here. Uh, so really, until then, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See you later. Ta-da. Ta-da. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.